Welcome to the 226th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on March 31st, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com. And 50% of this here show with me is the man who's sounding better than ever and totally live, Carlos Rodella. What's up? Listen to me in my microphone that's new. Brand new. It's fancy. It, it still smells. You know how like new technology smells of that technology smell? Are you sure that's the microphone? <laughs> it might not be. Carlos, we're live, dude. We are live. This is a live podcast. Uh, not every time, but we thought we'd try that every once in a while because we want to talk to all the people who listen to the show and put them in the chat and, and chat with them while we're doing the show. Yeah, something fun to do once in a while, kind of testing it out. You got some new gear. I got some new gear. I've had some pretty hurting audio gear for a while. Carlos finally found a good deal for me because I'm a notorious penny pincher. <laughs> and we, yeah. I got some new microphone. I got a new setup. Hopefully... Folks listening to the show, hopefully it sounds at least a little bit better. It should sound like a lot better. I mean, you sound great, and I know I sound great. Come on. Come on. Hey, yo. Um, But yeah, I think uh, this is is really close to what we want to sound like. Um, I still have an old PC, and I get a new PC, I think, tomorrow. Uh, So right now, forgive me if you hear a fan noise in the background, because that is my old computer just wheezing its last minutes of breath. Um, and then we'll you have the furnace get a new one. Yes. I got a furnace cause I'm in the basement and it's actually, it's weird because, uh, in my house upstairs, it is like toasty. It's like 70 upstairs. And then I come downstairs and it's like frost on the walls and I am oh freezing my, my balls off. So I'm like in a sweater. I got earmuffs. Like I got a scarf cause it's cold down here, but then you go upstairs literally just five feet above my head. And it's like, it's like uh, Florida up there. That's weird. You do a podcast in the frozen, uh, tundra. I know. The Games Critics West studio is icy cold, but that's okay. Uh, you may hear the furnace rumbling in the background. Maybe not. You may hear other random noises. We're going to get this sorted out. We are moving upwards and onwards. It's getting better and better. Yes. And we're doing uh, the live podcast. We're going to try it maybe every month. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, sure. That works. Okay. Uh, so this is a live podcast, but we have to do a podcast. So let's yes. talk about Oh, wait, wait, wait. Stuff. We also were going to say, we, we forgot. We forgot. What? So right now... We're recording this at 5 o'clock Wednesday Pacific time, which is our general time that we record. We've got it locked down pretty good. We've got a good rhythm going. But I know that we have a lot of listeners around the world. We are a global podcast. We love our international listeners. Tons of people in South America. Tons of people in Europe. And if you guys and girls or people of uh, other genders would like us to, I think that maybe once in a while we would be happy to do one on a different time zone. So maybe the people in Europe or elsewhere in the world could listen to us live and speaking of which digitally downloaded just popped into the chat hello digitally nice to see you there thanks for coming aboard yeah and that's definitely the the case like a global community people forget about that and we are you know one specific time zone so let's try to do the next one at a different time zone yeah and if you if you got a request if you 100 percent for sure are gonna like jump aboard and chat with us then let us know we'll uh, do the best we can to accommodate your international time zone because we're good like that we are good like that all right enough of the formalities uh let's just get on with the show here uh because it is a normal show and of course if you're listening to this in the future it's not live for you but it is live right now let's just let's just (laughs) pretend it's all worked out time is an illusion okay it's very strange carlos we've got a house to keep it's a little bit messy i'm checking on my side of the house 
my side of the uh, <laughs> uh, duct tape down the middle of the floor. My house is actually very clean right now. Ooh. The only thing on my side is that I am itching to go watch uh, Godzilla vs. Kong tonight. But other than that, nothing on my side of the house. What you got on your side? Well, on my side, I'm also going to be watching that tonight. So that's, uh, yeah, it's out today. Uh, Just today. Nice. Uh, And also on my side, it's a little messy. Uh, A couple things. Avengers, I guess, officially launched that game. Remember? Marvel Avengers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, sort of an action third-person game, but also sort of a live loot fest grind sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, games as a service. Yeah. Um, I think when I first talked about it, I was pretty meh. And then I went to load it up. And by the way, it was an, a new um, update, and it was 70 gigabytes. And I was like, good wow. golly, these people. Updates are like the whole game, another game. Anyways, I tried to load my save game. It couldn't find it. I tried what? all this like PS4 stuff, uh, conversion. I don't know what it Did was. Did you start it on PS4 and then you were trying to pick it up on PS5? Yes, or? that's exactly okay. it. And then I've I heard like, people have that problem. Yeah, but I did all the, you know, I followed the YouTube videos. I, I looked around. I did everything I was supposed to do. It just didn't, like it reset all the campaigns. Oh, and I man. am not going to go back and do those because they were tough, you know, as I did it. I remember telling you, I was like, this is a slog, you know. Oh Jesus! So so you so you lost all that progress then? You just I think I lost it. For it. Yeah, unless someone like can tweet me or you know message us in the chat or maybe during this live podcast and tell me how I can fix it. But right now, when I go to the campaign section, it's all reset, and I just just deleted it. I was like, okay, jeez, oh, well, tell me when I can do that. I don't know. It's uh, funny, dude, because I bought a copy of that game, but then. I have not played it, haven't touched it, and I was thinking I was going to wait till I got to the five. And now they're adding some more characters and stuff. Uh, I'm still not like super convinced to jump in yet, but I'm waiting. But man, it seems like it's been a mess with this data. That's really too bad about your campaign. I know. I just like backed away. So yeah, uh, that's okay. kind of out of the house. It's it's cleaned. Uh, the other thing was um, in PlayStation, we've talked about like the store and how it's like displays the new games. Yeah. Um, well, it used to be like all the coming soon and just announced was right next to like the new releases. And it was kind of messy because you're like, wait, is this one out? I can't tell. You had Ugh, to scroll really down. dislike that. Yes. Yeah. So they fixed it, but it's still got a problem because basically they fixed it and you you have just released and you have coming soon. But the just released is out of order. Like, what do you mean? Like, what is it you, now? You can't sort it. Like, it doesn't sort. It's just like, I don't know what order it's in, but like the ones that are the newest are at the bottom. And it just doesn't make sense. It still doesn't feel like it's fixed. Dude, like, this is not, this is not difficult. Like, I, I feel like, I mean, granted, I'm not like a programmer or anything, but like, I've been to many digital storefronts and it's not that hard. Like, newest stuff goes at the top. You should be able to sort it by, you know, alphabetical or by just, you know, date released. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah, I know. I don't know why they, I don't know what it is. It just makes me confused every time I try. <laughs> I'm to sure there's some engineer at Sony Software who is like cussing me out like a blue streak right now because he's like, you don't know how hard this is. Yeah. And it's probably true. But at the same time, from the customer's perspective, it should be that hard. It's just weird. I just want to know the new stuff so I can go get it. Um, yeah. yeah. Two more things. Uh, Sega Frontier has a remaster version coming out. Nothing really to m- mention about it, except I think I, I'm excited to play it because I played that when I was uh, a kid. And um, I don't like the artwork at all, so that that hurts. Yeah, I I mean we famously talked about this a while ago, and that was a game that I believe I gave a point five to. So I'm I'm way less excited for it than you are, but I am looking forward to 
uh, your comments. And uh, oh, Digitally says, yeah, Sony can't even keep their stores online. Yeah, they're, they're having all sorts of trouble, but uh, well, very, very true. Anyway, that, about, but, about Saga, though. I, yeah, I about Saga, I'm just not going to be playing it. I don't know if I will because, it, you know, like you said, we're both like, not. I mean, you're more of a stickler for art than I am, but it's still got a, it's something you're looking at this whole time and how many hours of an RPG you're going to look at this thing. You want the art to be something that's pleasing or you, that you get, you know, and, and kind of vibes with you. Absolutely. So it's like just like looks like watercolor paintings, and I'm just not into it. So um, the other thing is the ID at Xbox had a huge show. Did you see any of it? No, I people told me about it afterwards, and I caught some of the PR because whenever one of those shows goes down, I always get like a million emails in my inbox. So I saw a lot of those games that are going to be like debuting on um, Game Pass, which is rad. I love that idea. And a lot of those games are pretty cool. Um, so uh, one of the things I'm most excited for was Dead State Drive. I've been I have my eye on this game for like a long time. I didn't see it on the show. I don't know if they featured it, but I was ecstatic when I heard that it was coming to Game Pass. Uh, really looking forward to that one for quite a while. Uh, but yeah, it seems like it was a pretty good lineup, huh? Yeah, I mean, I have a list. We won't go through all of it now, and maybe either on a n- next episode or something. But it's just like there's so many good games that they just drop trailers for, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was a kind of a quietly, you know, produced show. Like, oh, yeah, here it is, and here's a million games, and we're going to talk to tons of developers. So I was just good on them for doing that because it was a really cool experience. And I just kind of kept the stream up all day. And it was almost like three or four hours of them just doing stuff and then showing trailers. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I should check it out. Yeah. So look, anybody who's uh, interested, just Google on YouTube, uh, YouTube search ID at Xbox show and give it give it a look. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, you know, one thing I forgot to mention, I meant to put this in the, the housekeeping and I just noticed it over here in the corner. Uh, one of the free games coming up on uh, I keep wanting to say Game Pass. It's not Game Pass. Uh, games. No, it's not Games of Gold either. Fuck. <laughs> what is what is the what is know. the PlayStation Plus is what I meant to say. Sorry, uh, I've got Xbox uh, in the brain. Did you notice that, that one of the games coming up in April on PlayStation Plus is Days Gone? Oh, it's speak like we of the devil. It. It's like we planned it. I think Sony was watching our feed. They were listening to our show. They were of hearing course. us go on and on about it, and they're like, you know, if Brad and Carlos like it so much, we should give it to the people for free. That's exactly why why it happened. Exactly. I'm very excited. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, people, especially after you can listen to our spoiler episode after you pick it up and play it. Anything left in your side of the house? No, I think that's it. I've uh, I've brought in the broom, and now I'm just dusting. All right, excellent. All right, house looks pretty clean. Let's get on to the main content of the show. Lots of stuff to talk about today. Carlos, let's kick it off with you. Now, I don't know anything about this title the thing that I do know about it, um, put out by Square Enix, and they put out a demo, and basically every single person who played the demo said it was terrible. So I, I immediately stopped paying attention to it. Uh, but I know that you're playing it now. I'm going to get your, your feedback and your thoughts right now. This is called, uh, excuse me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, it's called Balan, B-A-L-A-N, Balan Wonderworld? Yep. I think it's Balan Wonderworld. That's, Balan that's Wonderworld? Yeah. Okay. Um, and for the exact reason you said uh, what people were talking about it online is why I picked it up, you know, and that's kind of a classic Carlos. You Hashtag. zig when they zag? Oh, I do. I zig all over the place. No, nope, I shouldn't have said that. That's um, weird. That yeah, got I uncomfortable really quickly. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to edit this, even though it's a live podcast. <laughs> Too late, buddy. Um, so, no, yeah, I do, like, uh, pick up games when people say, like, oh, no, I just, you know, that's just garbage or whatever. So I'm always interested to, to get a different opinion on it. and so <laughs> I thought you were going to say you're interested in garbage. <laughs> I, I'm also interested in garbage. 
I have a collection and I put it on the wall and I sell it as an NFT. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I will bring that to the podcast someday and oh you would just okay. yell and scream at me. We're not, not today though. Not, not today. today. Bail and Wonderworld. So everyone's, you say, hating on it, right? And I know of it. I watched like a mini documentary uh, that they did maybe a year ago. And it just looked like a fun, fun Banjo-Kazooie type game, right? Okay. okay. The Super Lucky Tales of the World, the Mario 64s, etc. It's just like go in, collect stuff, see whimsical stuff, beat bosses, and that's it. And I was like, well, I really can't go wrong with that. And it was, it just looked like it was running so smooth. Uh, I think they were showing it on the PS5. So I got it for the PS5 version because there was two versions. And it runs like a dream, you know, like nothing, like no hiccup, 60 frames per second. It just feels like, you know, buttery smooth. I like it. But what the game is, it's kind of like a fever dream or a nightmare that's not that scary. Because what you do as this like little character uh, is basically you start the game either as a guy or girl. Okay. And there's a cutscene of like them. <laughs> there's a lot of dancing in this game. They're dancing. And after they stopped dancing, at least the boy version got really sad, like super sad. And then he just right. walked the streets and he found this mystery, like mystical store. And then he walked in and of course it was Balin's store, this guy who's like a, not a real person. He's a supernatural thing. I don't know what he is. Okay. Anyways, so whoever you play as, you walk into the store. So the guy or the girl, but it shows a perspective of the girl walking in too, which is weird. Like, I don't know what they're saying. Like both people are walking in. Um, anyways, you and her walk in, the guy and the girl walk in, and then he just brings you to a mystical place and then no other answers. Just like, all right, you're here. And the first world is like farmer world. Okay. <laughs> so he brought it in Nebraska. Yeah. It went to Iowa or wherever. And all of a sudden there's this huge farmer guy and he's just like, there's a cut scene and he's like, he's also kind of depressed and there's like some dark clouds. And I think he's. I'm getting the feeling he's going to lose his farm or something. I'm so confused at this point. Times are really hard for farmers right now. They're it losing is a hard subsidies. time for farmers. It's been You're really right. rough You're economically. Right. I this get is it. real life. Get it. This is real life. Yeah. So I'm in there, and then I'm doing, like, you know, the farmer land, right? So I'm just running around, jumping around, collecting things and, and, and solving puzzles, whatever, and beating bosses. Um, and the, the point is, after you beat that, and there is a kind of a boss, like, you, you get a huge cutscene. It's like Pixar quality. Of mm -hmm. this farmer, and like he's better now. Like you know, the the clouds are gone away. You saved his farm, but I don't even know why, you know, or where I am. <laughs> and I can't explain it to you, but everything in the game makes you feel like you're tripping, you know. So, like I mean, what I looked at a really quick clip of it, and it made me think of like Knights a little bit. You ever play Knights? Yes, that's exactly what it feels like. Okay, that's kind of the vibe I was getting, where it's kind of like dreamy weemy, and you're doing some strange stuff but i mean granted i didn't watch it for very long i don't know if that's accurate or not but that was like my, my one second takeaway the playability is different and i'll tell you what, what the actual game plays like right now um and digitally downloaded in the chat agrees and says bell in wonderland is wonderfully whimsical it is it's wonderful and whimsical but it's also weird like it's very weird so what you do as the character is the whole game is about costumes so you find these little keys and the keys unlock this little cox costume block and it's got a costume inside. And each one is obviously geared towards where you are in the level, right? So sure, like, sure. there's a bunch of water and you need to swim through it really fast. You find like a fish suit or something. And then there's, um, you know, there's literally hundreds, I think. So it's not just like you get the few suits like in Mario. 
it's like, no, every level has like six suits potentially, you know, like a lot of different suits. And then you cycle between them, right? Okay. For, for okay. puzzles, right? So one is a teleporter. You have to teleport through these bricks, get something, come back. Now there's a monster. So you have to teleport to the person who can shoot. And it's like, it's cool that way. Like, I like that there's so many different costumes and it makes your character like, it's not just one thing, right? There's so many things you can do in the game. The problem is, well, one is you collect those things and if you die, you lose that costume. So you have to go back and find one. Oh, man. Wow. That's weird. You were kind of building me up there and that you just immediately deflated me. I know. That does. It's You don't die a lot, though, right? It's not like super hard. So put that with a grain of salt. Okay. Also, there's a lot of collecting things. And you, one thing you collect in it is a hat that basically creates um, a cutscene for Balan to show up. And you do like quick time events with him and he like defeats monsters. The guy who owns the store? Yeah, yeah. He shows up a lot. And then the other weird thing, if this isn't, it's weird enough, all the costumes that you meet in the game, well, that you find in the game, are there and they also dance around the land. Like the costumes on their own with nobody in them? Well, they're kind of people inside the costumes. I don't know. Do you, you know, take I don't the people know. out and steal it from them. I don't, I'm, I'm no, no, no. It doesn't make sense. Listen, anything I'm explaining won't make sense. Until I was you play say, it. Yeah, I'm not not following you, brother. I don't and know it's what's going oh, on wait, here. wait, hold on. Here's the part where it gets weirder. You have a hub world, and there's always bunnies there, bunny type creatures. And sure. whenever you, <laughs> I like how you just sure. Of course there is. What else would be there? Well, we've done enough podcasting for years that yeah, that you could just say sure. Anyways, oh, yeah. you, you you the crystals that you get in all the levels, you come back to Hubworld and feed it to them. And so then they eat it and sometimes they get bigger. And then sometimes you feed one of the little bunnies to the big bunny so they can procreate. Because That's how that works, bro. It is in Battle and Wonderworld. <laughs> and then they're building something in the hub world. Like they're working on something this whole time. So you have to keep get it, get feeding them. Man. Oh, man, dude. It is weird. I At some point, there's more dancing. I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I'm I'm a, I, played a uncomfortable, I was uncomfortable playing it. But then <laughs> I was also like very interested in how like smooth it was running and how you know cool it looked. Yeah, yeah. So I'm out on the fence. Nope, that's not it. I'm on the fence. You're on the fence. Yeah. The so I mean, how, how far into it are you? And do you feel like are you feeling like yeah, I'm, I'm vibing with this. I'm gonna keep going, or is this like okay, I'm good and I'm moving on? Like, what, how I think are I'm you? still going, and I'm gonna try to get like to the next boss because that cutscene was so cool, man. Like, I don't understand it, <laughs> and it confused me, and it felt like I was dreaming. But it was so well produced. You know, it's like a straight up Pixar film. Like, it's, I mean, I enjoy watching farmers get happy. That brings me joy as well. So I did I, make him I happy. Feel I fixed his farm. Anywho, that's Balan Wonderworld. I don't understand it. Um, I don't think it's people should shit on it at all because like it's not like a bad game. It's just a very weird game. And I think maybe people were expecting some certain thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're expecting something and then you don't get it, you get sad. But it's a weird, whimsical thing. And okay. that's my review. There we go. Balan Wonderworld. You're playing it on PS5, I assume? PS5, and it's buttery smooth. All right. I'm going to talk now for a piece. Really quickly, just a few words on Starbase Startopia. Uh, this is a kind of an economic sim uh, management. You're running a space station in space, and there's lots of aliens. you got to do all sorts of stuff inside the space station, build amenities, you know, attractions and food and kind of manage your electricity usage and kind of balance all those things in order to keep the aliens happy because you want to have a 
bustling space station um, seen from kind of like the God view uh, clearly started on PC. Um, I, this wouldn't ordinarily be something I was interested in, but my son who is 11 soon to be 12 loves anything to do with space. And he actually has been really getting into a lot of like sim games lately. Um, you know, all sorts of like, you know, he was playing the Sims for a while. He was playing, um, city skylines for a while. He's doing, you know, like all those, all those ones that you can get on the console. He was really getting into some of those and he loves space in general. So I thought, well, here's one of those plus space. So that win, right. I'm going to be like dad of the year for like, you know, introducing <laughs> you to this. Yeah. yeah hard fail. Hard oh. fail. Um, the problem with this game, I think, and, and interestingly, I gave him um, the code for this and I was working on something else. I'm like, here, get started on this. I'm going to go do this other thing. I'll come back and check in with you. And by the time I came back, I expected him to be neck deep in it. And he was already playing something else. I think he's back on Fortnite or whatever. And I'm like, man, what happened to Startopia? He's like, oh, dad, that gives us zero. And I'm like, oh, OK, really? He's like, yeah, I just can't. I can't do it no more. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to force you because I'm not that kind of father, but I will have to check it out myself um kind of curious because he doesn't usually bounce off of games that hard but i mean in this case i think he was right i think it's a fine game if you're used to the genre but this one seems very very like pc sensibilities like i don't feel like a lot of changes were made for console um, a lot of stuff is mapped to the controller but it feels really awkward and weird um the tutorials oh man the tutorials need some work i i started playing it myself because i'm like well let me see if i can make some sense out of this I'm not even kidding, dude. I am not kidding. I got into the first tutorial. The very first step of the first tutorial, I got stuck and I couldn't figure it out. And oh, I was like, that's the oh worst. my God. And I eventually got past it. But like, I, I'm sorry, dude. I've got like, what, 35, 40 years of video game experience? Like, I've played some games. Like, I getting stuck on the tutorial in step one shows that a little bit more work should have been put into that. Um, yeah. It just doesn't feel very, it runs, right? Like, it runs fine. And I think that if you're, a PC player or you got a lot of PC experience on your belt, I think you'd probably be fine with it. But coming to it with console sensibilities like he did and like I did, we were like finding very hard to find a good groove, right? So I was like struggling with it. And immediately it's like giant spreadsheets of like, here's all this electricity usage and here's like the percentage and here's how many people are coming in. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is like, this is overkill. Like, and I'm sure it's fine if you're used to that. Like if you're used to being like a spreadsheet gamer, but we're not, right? Like, And it doesn't feel like it's a really good fit for console. I'm a little bit curious as to why they thought this would fly on console. Um, because when you see some of the sim stuff that does work on console, it works because it's simplified. You can approach it. The controls work. There's not like mountains and mountains of data. Like it's like doing things. It's, it's physically putting things. You know, it, there's a different kind of approach to it. So I don't think that Starbase Startopia is a bad game. I don't want to say it's a bad game. But I definitely think you need to have like that PC background. Like, and if you come to it with that experience, I think it'll be more familiar, more approachable. You'd probably be more willing to take it on. But at the same time, if you have a PC and you're used to it, you're probably playing it on PC. So you're probably right. not going to want to play it on your Xbox or your PS five or whatever. So I think it's interesting. I mean, I'm always up for more genres being represented on console, but I mean, this is a good example of like, this could be cool, but it needs more work in the adaptation. Yeah. Not just a porting. Um, you know, with the distinction being you make certain changes to make it more approachable for the different uh, audience. This feels just more like a, a kind of a port. And I feel like it just mm, is not, not quite getting there. You know what I mean? But that's what I was going to say. It sounds like it's even not even a port. You know what I mean? It's like a, it wants to be a port, but it's not actually ported, you know, cause like what you're saying, the key thing is I know exactly what that is. Cause I've seen yeah. those types of games just 
yeah, just get just sent over, but not like yeah. actually modified in any real way. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like it's brought over, it functions. I mean, it runs well, but like the menus don't quite make sense. Like the presentation doesn't quite make sense in terms of console sensibilities, right? So like I'm sure it's fine on PC, and I'm sure PC players will have no problem with it because you're used to that. But you know, we are a different breed in the console area, and it just it's not quite gelling for me. My son did not want to play it anymore at all. <laughs> Your so son I, gave it a zero. He did. He did. And I told him I would say that on the podcast, but I mean, it's a good game. Just, I don't think it's quite right for console. So maybe check it out on PC. If you yeah. like those kind of Sims, it's colorful, it's cute. You know, idea of running a space station is neat, but uh, you know, so listen, you some games, are, some games are just PC games and that's, that's fine. True. You it's know very what I mean? True. It's like, very true. Speaking of which um, I have played a little bit of a recent turn-based strategy clearly inspired by bloodborne called black legend and i know that you have played it too am i correct yes i have and i played it independently i had no idea that you were going to be playing it so i i I, when you told me you were playing black legend i'm like what why why did you pick this because this doesn't seem like a carlos game at all i know can i tell you why i picked it yes please do so one i'd love the um just the world and the idea and aesthetic of bloodborne but I don't like Bloodborne. But you don't like I was going to say, but you don't like Bloodborne, Which, though. Go ahead. Send me all the hate mail. I've already heard it all before. So it's just because I'm not a Dark Souls person. And sure, it's just, sure. And if, if something gets so difficult that I just throw the controller down, I'm just not going to play it. But this had that aesthetic. I think you said yes. the same thing in your review. And I love that. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And I would just coming off of like a tactics RPG that I kind of liked, you know? And I was like... Ooh, if someone would have just done something a little different or the world was cool, I might really be in the mood for tactics, tactics RPG right now um, because you have to do it just right for me. I don't know. I can't get in any of them. So that the, the aesthetic mixed with just like the idea of it's kind of supernatural, right? But it's also oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. like piratey or something, not pirate, but you know, like um, kind of like medieval Puritan a little bit, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So I guess it was really just kind of the atmosphere of it all. And, and especially in the very beginning, we'll, we'll get to the review here in a minute, but like it is, has feelings of an RPG, you know, it does. It does have the suggestion. I mean, it seems to like have that structure, but definitely a turn based tactics game. I didn't realize that you played many of those. You don't get into those very often, do you? I, it's got to be, again, the world. Like, if the world is cool and it has enough RPG elements, I know it's an overused term, Sure. then, then I will get into it. But literally, I'm telling you, the main reason is because I wanted to be in a, a world like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you and like a million other people, I mean, I have, I have to think that the people who made Black Legend, I believe their studio is called War Cave. I mean, clearly inspired by Bloodborne, like in every way. Like, it's a city that is being plagued by like disease and evil and demons just like in bloodborne the whole thing is choked with fog and it's gray just like bloodborne you're like a uh uh not an assassin like a i don't know mercenary or something showing up kind of like how you roll up to the city when you're bloodborne because you're a hunter which is basically like a mercenary uh i mean dude it's like it's just like you know box check box check box check all the way down this seems very much like bloodborne which again kind of like you is kind of like why i checked it out um, I, I think the aesthetic is cool. I think I like Bloodborne more than you do. Not to say that I'm a huge Bloodborne fan, because I do have some serious problems with it. It's not my favorite FromSoft game by a mile. Um, but I did play it, and I, you know, I did enjoy parts of it. Um, but I was like, oh yeah, cool. This looks cool. And you know, the the puritanical costume, the vibe. I mean, they kind of look like your witch hunters or something yeah. like that. I mean, kind of neat. But dude, I mean, I don't know how you felt about it. But once I got into this, I was like, ooh, this is really, really rough. And I, I 
basically bounced off almost immediately. I put a couple hours into it, but it was like torture for me. Yeah, the, the main thing is I liked um, the tactics is is weird. It's like a slow, slow tactics game, right? Oh, like, man. I ugh, do not do not like. Yeah, it was way too slow, so that was frustrating. But I was like, I get excited when I can beat anything, you know. And I was like, okay, I took out the first two guys. Let's see where I can go. But then there's they introduced this mechanic that is the worst. And I saw your review, uh, and it, you mentioned the same thing. For some reason, they decided to do this thing about, what are they called? Humors. 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 The medieval concept of fluids in the body, which have different properties and different colors, which actually is horseshit because it's not real, but it's like their their theory back in the day that every every sickness was caused by an imbalance of humors. That's a real thing. You can look it up uh, on you know Wikipedia or something. That was like medieval medieval theory. Yeah, it was bad medicine. <laughs> Very was, bad medicine. It was Absolutely. what didn't fix anything. But the point is, they wanted you to take this bad medicine and weird fake science, and uh, it creates colors for some reason that I still don't understand. <laughs> and different items that you throw at enemies in these humors changes the colors of the enemy now. Like they're painted, almost like um, what's that painting game? You know, Splatoon, Splatoon, Splatoon or something. Like, You're like Splatooning yes. them, you know? And then <laughs> because if you do the right color combination, they like, you can hit them more. And if you don't, it's like really, really difficult to take them out. So what a shit, weird thing to do. Yeah, and I, it ugh, really I, matters yeah. too. Like I didn't want to use it. I was like, I don't need, I won't use it. I'll just like upgrade all my stuff. But no, they're just not as easy to take out without humoring them. Yeah, oof, that's painful. It is really dumb. It's a bad system, and it's it's a lot of complication that doesn't really add anything. Like, if it was a, a bonus tactic that you could use if you felt like using it, I mean, that might be okay. But like you said, if you don't paint the, the enemies the right colors, which, I mean, the bottom line is, like, it takes way too long because, like, you have to have one enemy or one, one character throws something red at an enemy. Your next character throws something black. Those two colors combine, and then all of a sudden that enemy is vulnerable, and then you have to have somebody else do an attack. So that's like three, at minimum, three separate actions to do one effective attack, whereas in any other tactics game, you just attack. Like, it's yeah. taking too much time. It's not really adding anything to the game because it's just a lot of busy work. And then if you don't do it, like, you're only doing chip damage the entire time. It takes forever to kill even, like, the scrub mobs that you meet and you're walking through the town. Like, it's just... it's too much hassle for not enough return and it's not exciting it's not a good system i think these developers got really too into the idea of doing it and didn't really realize what the ultimate effect of it was and it just it kind of kills the combat yeah it does and you're right that's the main reason is that the turn-based stuff it, it, it shouldn't cost so much turns to just throw something right like you're just throwing a color basically it kind yeah. of hurts them, I guess, right? There's like a rock hurts. You're like punching people and throwing rocks that do colors. Come on, people. Like yeah. that should be like a half an action point or just free. How about a free a action? free action? Yeah, even a, but even a free action. I mean, the idea of doing three or four moves every time you want to do an attack is just You're it makes right. me want to just roll over and die, dude. Like it's just it's so much cruft and busy work. Like you need to cut that away. Let me say one positive, though. And the other reason why I picked it up, because I did look at the trailer and I watched some gameplay of it. Is that it? It looks cool, and then the when you move around the world in the map, it feels good. Like I, I really liked how the character moved yeah. um, until you stop and turn into a turn-based fight. But like, I was like excited to explore more of this kind of setup they did, which is like, what is at the end of this weird town, and what's going on? You know, the mystery part of it. So 
But unfortunately, just like you, I would just stopped at the combat and it, it was frustrating. Yeah, I mean, the rest of it's rough, too. It's really hard to see anything. I had to sit so close to my TV because everything is gray and the text is really small and, like, it's really hard to make out details. Your party are, I mean, the character models are super crude, like, really low poly. And when you start the game, they kind of randomly assign you some characters. I had three characters that looked literally exactly alike. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it was like you get to create a character and then my, my party of four people, three of them, looked just i mean two of them looked just like me we were like triplets and then like a weirdo showed up and the other part about this um game the engine that i really don't like is something that a lot of strategy games fall into where you can cross train skills but when you try when you cross train too many skills you're ending up with a bunch of characters who are all functionally alike and there's no real difference to have any separate characters whereas i think there's more value in having specialists and having different types of characters different classes like why why even bother having classes at all when you want them to cr- kind of cross train so that everybody can do everybody attack and everybody can have the same power? It's just it's just like I don't understand what they were going for. And I feel like they're not they just did not capture what makes a good turn based strategy for me. Yeah, not to pile on it too much more, because I think we set our piece, but um, that, the, yeah, your characters, there's very like few selections you can do to make yourself feel unique. Oh, yeah, right? not very much at all. And yeah. then, like you said, to your party, it's the same person almost. It's almost like the same model they used. And just, yeah, it looks it looks weird. You just get assigned people. You don't feel like you have any customization, really. And that part with the traits, you're right. You're just like, they're like, hey, use this over and over again so you can get good at a bunch of things. And I'm like, well, that's not that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how a party works you know so yeah we'll, we'll we'll leave it and say um yeah we're both leaving the game yeah i mean great idea i think the idea of turn-based bloodborne is still pretty killer i think there's a lot of space out there for any developer that wants to take that up but this is not it so yeah. that is black legend i played it on p oh i played it on xbox uh, x where'd you play it uh ps ps5 PS5, yeah all right moving on uh, back to you, Carlos. Let's talk really briefly about a game called Gensu Skydrift. I don't know very much about this one, except <laughs> that the videos are ridiculous because it's some kind of like an aerial racing game. But instead of a spaceship or a plane, you have a girl who's riding on top of another girl. And that's that's basically all I know about it. Yep, and that that's a real statement. And that's really what the game is. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to talk about another game instead of this game for most of this review. <laughs> oh no! Okay, I'm All setting, right, where are we going setting you up. Okay. Um, so this game is not good. It is it's potentially like fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> but what it is is it's a really cool concept, but they didn't they messed it up. And so the concept is uh, I like any sort of racing game that's weird or different, right? Like sure, not sure. just your traditional racing game. Sure. And while this is obviously not your traditional racing game, it's two anime girls. Basically, one's riding the other one, but not like what you think. Um, she's like standing on her back, essentially. The, the one at the bottom's like planking like a surfboard, basically. Yeah, yeah. She? yeah she's becoming yeah. the surfboard or skateboard or whatever. But she's floating, and then you're, you know, your character's on top um, and just kind of riding it. But it it could be a, a board. It doesn't even matter really because it doesn't seem like there's any real too much interaction. Okay. Um, Basically, it's, yeah, a kart racer where you are floating in that scenario that I just said. You go through certain rings. The certain rings make you go faster. You pick up uh, energy or something so you can do your magic because you're witches, I guess. And you can do magic, and the magic does certain things or whatever. There's multiplayer, and then there's campaign. I picked the campaign. And I was actually really excited because I like unique racing games that are weird. Um, 
and it's just bad. And the number one reason it's bad is you can't use triggers for the acceleration. What do you do? You have to push a button. Oh, really? Uh, do the buttons on the PS5 have the um, like the the variations, or is it just no. uh, just a button? Oh, okay. I, I don't think they do, and it wouldn't matter anyhow because you can't in this day and age you can't do a racing game with buttons because. Just imagine going from gas on like X button or whatever, and then the box button is the brake. Yeah. Like that's just, it's almost impossible. You're like rocking your thumb back and forth. So that's the number one reason it's bad. Is like they just, If they just added controls, I might play it longer, but you have to make a lot of stops and turns. And like, I was just fucking up, you know? So the controls did not work for you. And I'm, just, I'm assuming you can't change them. I, you couldn't. I couldn't. I, I don't think you could. I mean, I definitely went to the settings menu. Let me make sure. So I talk a bunch of shit about it, um, but I don't think you can. Okay. Uh, if you could, it's still like a serviceable game. Like it's nothing like to write home about. But the number one reason I got so messed up about it is it starts the campaign starts, and it's just text, right? And it's like a story. It'd be, okay. Which is I don't know. Doesn't matter what the story is, but the story is just text, and that's really weird for a game that's like so full of like these big huge anime characters. So then the text ends, and I was like tired of reading it. And then all of a sudden, two anime characters pop up, okay. like two D animation, like it should have been, you know, like two D, uh, you know, whatever little avatars, like they're having dialogue or something, like they're having sure. dialogue, like they yeah. should have been in the beginning. And then they repeat themselves. Oh man! So what was that? I don't know. Uh, and then yeah, then I got into the racing that I didn't enjoy. And here's the other game I'm going to talk about instead: Running Wild. You remember that game? Oh, dude, from back like on PS One. PS One. That was I haven't thought really about the fun. game in years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about it, and let's like pull it out of the closet. I don't know if I can even play it. I probably don't. I can't. But maybe it's on uh, the PS Now store or something. But that game was fun because it took racing and made it just like you know more like you're just running the whole time. Your character's just running, and he can jump, and then he can slide, and it just felt. Like I don't know how many other games do that, where you're actually just a character running around the the map as a racing game. So okay, so pause for a second here. So if I remember correctly, Running Wild, like you said, you're running. Your character is a person, uh, a, a anthropomorphized animal, animal, person, yeah. where the, you know they're a half human, half animal, whatever, like a furry or something, and then they're running in this race, like on foot, and you had like different powers you could pick up. Stuff. Yeah. So there was like definitely the bones of a racer. Did you? Okay. So like just diverging really hard for a second here. Well, I did diverged. you ever see? Did you ever see an animated movie from the early eighties called? I think it's called Animal Olympics. You ever seen that? I know of it. I know of it. I remember it oh, being man. on like Saturday morning or something. What the? There's a scene. So in Animal Olympics, it's full of anthropomorphized animals. I mean, I'm sure this probably turned a lot of kids into furries back in the day before they knew it, right? And they had all these different events and the animals were doing all these things. And there was one where there's like a lady cheetah. And I think the guy is like some kind of a goat or something. And they're going on this uh, marathon and they're just running and there's like music and it's kind of psychedelic and everything. It's actually pretty cool. And in fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of want to watch it again. Um, but that's what that's what Running Wild made me think of. It seemed like somebody took the marathon section from Animal Olympics and turned that entire thing into a game. And I always was really fascinated by that. Ah, interesting. I don't think it was as good as the animation in Animal Olympics, but still same sort of thing. No, it was like old school PS1, you know, clunky graphics, but it was really Locky, fun to play. 
Yeah. yeah and man. anyways, I bring it up because this game isn't, you know, it's just not really super fun. And uh, obviously the controls are really bad and the fact that they're mapped to these buttons. I will check later just to make sure, do my due diligence, make sure I can't switch them. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's okay. I mean, it's like one of those budget titles, you know? Where you like you would just get a game or a PlayStation, it would have those like it would just be called racing. Yeah. And it'd be like <laughs> nine dollar racing. Yes. Yeah, you get it like Walmart or something, or like it's just like, yeah, you you can you can buy a PlayStation game tonight. Um just make sure it's under ten dollars. And I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna buy racing. Yes, yes. Yeah, those were wild times, dude. I remember <laughs> kind of like that, like going into like an E B games or software, et cetera, or babbages or something like that you'd get up to the fucking counter and there would be games on ps1 that were so cheap they were impulse purchases that were set up in a little like kiosk thing right at the counter like you would you would go through the whole store buy the game that you actually wanted to buy get to the counter and then there's like these little cheapy games that are like five seven nine ten dollars that are right at the counter and you're like well like you said racing or (laughs) shooting dude or you know like space adventure or something like that and like you're like well i don't know Looks okay. Why not? Uh, $7. Why not? And you'd go home with one of those things. And they were almost always trash, but yeah. still, interesting times. Platformer. It's just like... Platformer. <laughs> Platformer, four ninety nine. Okay, you know what? I got extra $5. I like the to way, jump. I like to jump on things. Um, by the way, there's this thing. Oh, what is it now that's going to bother me for the rest of the podcast? There was an RPG that was a budget title like that for PlayStation 1. And I, I don't know if I enjoyed it because I had to. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> when you've only got one game, that is both your favorite and least favorite game. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 it's it's good. But I do remember like being like, wow, this is an actually competent RPG, and it was like super budget title. And now it's going to bother me the whole podcast. You're gonna have to like give me some clues. We're gonna have to figure it out. We'll what figure it, what it out. Was the, all right, we'll figure. Um, it out. But I, I will uh, at least do my uh, due diligence, and the next episode I will go back to Gensou Skydrift, however you say it, and make sure I can map the controllers. If I can map them. Maybe I'll have some fun. As it stands, I couldn't even play it. All right. Fair enough. That is Gensu Skydrift. Uh, I believe it's on PS4 slash 5. I don't know if it's anywhere else. Carlos, you've got one more in your little kiosk here. Octopath Traveler. I'm kind of surprised to see you bring this one up because this has been around for a while. I think they're already on at least the second game, if not the third. What? I mean, again, this is the... 2D RPG where you have eight different characters, each going on their own storyline. Uh, pretty cool looking pixel graphics. Uh, what brought this to your attention after it's been out for so long? Well, we I think we talked about on the show actually that it was coming to Game Pass. And oh, is it on Game Pass right now? Yeah. I did not realize that. Oh, yeah, I thought you were playing this on the Switch. You're playing on Xbox? No, I'm playing on Xbox. Yeah, because uh, that was the whole thing. There's like two or three games that I was excited about, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna put it on Game Pass." And I'm like, "Oh, then I will go finally Score. try." Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So I went to check it out because I love the graphics and I love that visual style, which is kind of like the depth of field they mess with. It's pixely, but it looks somehow modern because they do a lot of fun depth of field stuff and blurring stuff out, and then yeah, it's a cool style and look. Um, and I've been wanting to play it for so long. And this is a big lead up to a hard pass. <laughs> Can't say that I'm surprised. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, you said that you were not interested in it for I'm not sure which reasons. But I w- was interested in just because of the RPG factor and what it looked like. But as I started playing it, I and I also recently played their new demo for the new game, which I already forgot the name of. Triangle Strategy or yeah. something like that? Yeah, Triangle something. And I didn't like that at all. It was just so, again, tactics heavy, but in a tactics heavy that I didn't enjoy. 
and I really didn't like the world they were building. So this is really like these developers that were working on this. It's a tactics game. Like, it's not an RPG. So I think that there's a lot of, um, like we just said earlier, it's what, what you go in expecting. And I was expecting this really cool-looking game that looks retro but also new but is an RPG, like a Sega Frontier where you have all these different people you're going to meet up with, you know, think ease, think RPG. But it's not. It's it, it feels like it's a tactical game that has an RPG attached to it. You know what I mean? It yeah, just yeah, didn't. I, I just it didn't jive with me. I just felt I didn't like the the story. I didn't like the feel. I didn't like the combat. I just yeah. I was like surprised that I was so much not into it. I'm not too surprised because I in my in my Twitter sphere. There is a very specific kind of person who likes that game, and I don't think that I am that person. I don't think you're that person. And what I heard about it was that there was some pretty questionable stuff in the script with uh, regard to how they handled their female characters. And I heard that some of those bosses were just like bonkers banana heart. And just like just looking at it, I just was like, I mean, I don't really get into a lot of um, JRPGs or, or RPGs of that kind these days. And I just everything about it to me screamed stay away so i i never gave it a shot and it sounds like i made the right call well it's in game pass and guess what it, it didn't cost me a dime so yeah. it's fine to check out i will say this also it did give me an idea for a comedy sketch because okay. i do a lot of these now about games uh youtube.com slash a lot of things anywho it's um the main character in the beginning he's he's like in this like little bedroom and he used to be like this huge like bodyguard to the to the king or something and now he's like fallen and he's in this small little town and, you know, he doesn't have anything. He's got to work his way back up. But like at some point, like one of the villagers comes in and like hears him like talking to himself. Because, you know, how a lot of these games and RPGs, the hero just kind of exclaim. Sure. They're just sure. like, well, it's been a long road, but, um, you know, I don't know where if I'll ever get back to what I used to be. But I just felt like and this wasn't in the game, but it inspired it. I felt like if the villagers would be like there the whole time listening to him. And he was like exclaiming, like, now I'm in this shit town, you know, with these dumb peasants. And, uh, you know, I just got to get back to the kingdom. You know what I mean? Like, this is just bullshit. And then they're like, we're right here. Like, we're standing right here. Like, are, why are you talking shit about us at our town? Because that's what it felt like. It felt like it was an arrogant asshole. Big difference between internal and external dialogue there. Yeah. He, uh, he inspired me to make a whole sketch about it. Anywho, I'm not going to play that game anymore. So that's a good thing. choice. Good choice. All right. It's on Game Pass if you want to try it. Uh, otherwise, I think it originally debuted on the Switch. I'm probably going to give it a pass regardless. But there you go. Octopath Traveler. All right. Let me take over for a minute here. Um, talking quickly about Samurai Showdown. Uh, do you have any experience with the Samurai Showdown series of fighting games, Carlos? Yes. And I'll tell you one quick memory because we did already another tangent. But this is tangent number two. Sure. I was in college, and they had the Samurai Showdown. Was it college? Yeah, it was college. It was Samurai Showdown arcade machine in the cafeteria. Okay. So a lot of good memories because it was one of the first times where I got free food. You know, you go to lunch at, at, a, at a college, and you have that little pass or whatever. Oh, yeah, like the meal plan or whatever. The meal plan, yeah. So I would be like, oh, it's like pizza night or whatever, you know, and like you have dinner there and all that stuff, and it would be like, we go get a bunch of food that we called free, but we were paying for it. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually not free. Yes. I know, I know. Um, and then we would play Samurai Showdown, and we play Fighters History, right? Oh I God, think Fighters, Fighters History. History, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. and like uh, Art of 
art of what is the art, art of fighting? Art of fighting. A lot of these weird uh, Fatal Fury. Fatal Fury. All yeah. the SNK fighters. All the SNK fighters. So yeah, I'm very familiar. Well, I played all those ones too. Boy, you were sending me on a real hard nostalgic trip down memory lane for all of those like Street Fighter wannabes, right? Street Fighter came out. Yeah. It blew people's minds, and then all of a sudden, everybody wanted a piece of that pie. So all those ones that you named off were all kind of like the 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 hangers on to the Street Fighter legacy. Some of them better than others. Uh, but Samurai Showdown was one of those who popped up after Street Fighter. And to me, I think it was always one of the better ones uh, because it kind of took its own route. I mean, as the name suggests, everybody in the game was either a samurai or somebody that a samurai would have encountered. I think like one guy was a kabuki actor who also had like a, a knife on a stick i'm sure there's a name for that weapon i don't know what it is i apologize to all of our japanese listeners um there was a lady from france who used like a rapier charlotte who's one of my favorites uh there was a ninja with his dog there was a like a wild girl who had these little like bear claws and a whole, a whole variety of characters um that were a pretty good cast and since the samurai theme, everybody had like a weapon. So like weapon was the main focus. And you played Samurai Showdown differently than Street Fighter, where, I mean, essentially, you know, 1v1 fighting game, 2D side view. I mean, you know what a fighting game is like, basically. But the, the thing about Samurai Showdown was that the weapons could do some pretty serious damage. And it was kind of about really picking your shot, like, you know, really knowing what your opponent was doing, waiting for them to leave themselves open. You dash in with your sword and you would just fucking hit him for like a chunk of damage like it wasn't it wasn't like a million combo hits and stuff it was like somebody attacked they missed you ducked under it and you stabbed with your sword and like 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 a third of their health bar goes down yeah, you know? yeah. so it's like serious combat i was always kind of a fan of that um like the feel i liked how different it was and i haven't played the game in quite a while i think the one i liked the most was samurai showdown 2 that was real big in the arcades where i was going to high school back 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 in the day um and I know there's been various versions of it here and there. I haven't really paid much attention, but the whole thing has gotten a revamp, uh, redo, do over. And Samurai Showdown, I'm playing it on the Xbox X. Uh, it is redone and kind of again following Street Fighter. Um, so Street Fighter kind of led the way recently with like, you know, between four and five. They Instead of doing traditional 2D graphics, they've kind of done that like enhanced 3D pixels on a 2D plane, but it also looks like super animated and like super colorful. Everybody's got these gigantic feet and everybody's real chunky. Um, Samurai Shodan has kind of followed in that path in terms of art style. I don't know that it necessarily works for me. I feel like it's a little bit too much like Street Fighter. And at the same time, the graphics are not as sophisticated as Street Fighter. So I think it looks a little bit not great. I kind of wish they would have stuck with just really, really high end pixel art. Mm. I mean, to me, that's what I'm most a fan of. And that's what it reminds me of. Because I think there's something really expressive about a well-done pixel that just isn't captured with chunky 3D models. you got to be really badass with the 3D models to kind of capture that same level. Well, it was, and what's interesting is what you just said is that the, in the beginning, they were themselves uh, a unique thing, right? They weren't trying to be uh, Street Fighter. Yeah. And, and it feels in that way like it's kind of like it's kind of at least visually kind of copying it a little bit too much, but not doing a great job of it. I kind of wish they had kept doing their own thing, but graphics aside, I mean, it looks okay. It looks okay. Um, I think the models could use some more detail. Uh, they could use some more animation, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but they still do have that same feeling of pick your shot. You know, you've got a weapon, like one good swipe with your sword can take off like a third or a half of somebody's bar or something. Um, so I feel like that part of the games is still intact. And I still do really enjoy that feeling. 
I went through the story mode a couple times with different characters. I went through with uh, Charlotte, the French girl who uses the rapier. Like I mentioned, uh, she's a real fun uh, fun one to use. Wait, 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 when, wait! I just remembered Charlotte. I got a flashback. She's cheap. I, I, I think mean, she. I think she's got a cheap move with her freaking rapier thing. I mean, it's all about can you counter it? I mean, is she, no. I don't think she's cheap. I, think I she's don't a know. I, character. Ha- I just got a bad flashback from college. That's all. I don't know what she's it was, a, but I lost a, to you, her a lot. You lost fifty cents at one point. You. Oh, I lost more than fifty it. cents. Oh my goodness. Uh, I played Charlotte. I like Charlotte a lot. Played Ukio, who was actually my main for a long time. He's like this guy who's like sick. He's got like um, tuberculosis. And so like between matches, he coughs up blood, which is really kind of gross. Oh. But he's like this like super handsome kind of emo dude who's like dying from this illness. And so uh, like all of these um, Japanese fangirls follow him around between matches and while he's coughing and stuff. Oh, I remember that. That's so funny. Yeah. He's got a really like low bent over stance and he can like extend his sword out like so far. It's like half the screen if you commit to one of those big moves. I just love the way he played because it was kind of like an all or nothing with him. Yeah. And I really thought it was really like really cool. You were almost like sniping with his sword. It was really fun. Um, so I think the graphics are not great. They're okay. I wish it was pixels, but they're not. Whatever. Uh, gameplay still feels very intact. Uh, it works well online. I will say, though, one thing that's kind of bumming me out about it is that half the cast is DLC, which is kind of making me frown. So like you get into this character select. There's like one page. When you buy the base game, you get all the characters on the first page. I'm like, okay, cool. There's like all the the people that I recognized from before. Here's Charlotte over here. There's Uki over here. There's Hamaru over here. Okay, okay, I'm gonna, I'm down. And you flip to the second page, and there's like an equal number of people. It's like, I want to say it's at least ten people per page. And the second page, they're all got a little price tag on them. And I'm like, what? I was like, dude. So I went over to the the online store, and I believe it's like twenty dollars for like pack number one, twenty dollars for pack number two. And, or you can buy them for like five bucks a piece. And I'm like, uh, I mean, ah, you know, I, I realize they got to fund the game. They want to kind of keep it going. They probably want to keep it as a live service. Maybe they're going to get it into the fighting game circuit. I don't know. But like buying a game and finding like fully half of the characters being DLC really kind of chilled me. Yeah. And I kind of lost some enthusiasm for it. So I might have put another five or ten bucks into it if that's all it was. But. I mean, you're talking like another $40 on top of what you paid. And, you know, in full disclaimer, I got a code from the uh, publisher. So I did not pay for the base game, but I was like, dude, do I really want to put 40 bucks of my own money into yeah, this game? Yeah, you're buying the game. To, yeah, like you're basically buying the game again. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's a good alternative to Street Fighter or, um, you know, to Tekken or something like that. If you want to, if you want something that feels a little different and it does, I think it's good at what it does. But at the same time, it feels rough. There's not a whole lot of bonus modes, not a whole lot of content. And seeing half the roster DLZ was kind of like, it was kind of a bummer, man. Yeah, and you're just buying characters. Like for me, I mean, it's slim pickings on the fighting games that I will still play nowadays because that tangent we went on is, you know, a moment. Like college, you're around your friends, you're you're sharing a moment. Constant PvP in real life, people are coming in, coming, going. It's it's like a whole whole scene. Yeah, and so without that and me sitting in front of like looking at like lobby and not knowing who we're going to play, no, that's not the same experience. But so yeah, for like, I don't think I'd spend money on characters if I'm just like fighting random people yeah i was torn because i wanted to see them you know like i wanted to get a feel for all the different characters but kind of like you said like you know back in the days it was like you know loser pays winner stays and you know when you got the your adrenaline's going and people are watching like it's one thing to kind of really get into a fighter like that but you know i'm here on my couch like you said i'm just playing by myself and 
yeah. you know, I'm not going to get online because those people are like super obsessed and they're like 10,000 times better than me. So that's no fun. So I'm doing the story mode and it's, it's fine enough. And I think it's a good game. I definitely want to be clear. I think it's a good game, but yeah, I don't know that I want to put all that extra money and just, you know, just cause I'm playing on my own. So, yeah. well, if anything, it, it gave us a, a walk down memory lane and I'm, now I'm thinking about college and fighting games. There you go. Yep. So that is Samurai Showdown, playing it on the Xbox X. And again, I do think it's a good game. I, I did really enjoy spending some time with these characters that uh, I did have fond memories of. So there we go. Carlos, I have one more game to play. No. Are you going to play a game on the podcast? Ooh, I, we're, no, we're not going to live stream. Are we that, live no. streaming? Are we, are we Twitch streaming? Are we Twitch <laughs> gaming? <laughs> no, we are not doing that. And, and that's not something that's on the table right now. No, what I meant to say was, I have one more game to talk about, and I think it's a doozy. But before we get to that, let's let's go back to Cyberpunk Corner. We haven't been there for a while. There's yeah. Patch 1.2 just came out. I know a lot of people are excited about that, including yourself. So I have not been following the game. I haven't started it yet. I'm waiting for the true PS5 next-gen upgrade thing before I start playing. But I know you are just you're in it, man. Like You're living in that world, dude. You got married to that chick. So what is up with Cyberpunk uh, patch 1.2? Okay, let me just back up a little bit. We're not married yet, okay? Uh, oh, too much commitment? Okay. We're gotcha. in quotes seeing each other, and we're just uh, seeing okay. how All it right. works. You know, She's great, but like, just don't But not ready to put a ring on it don't yet. Don't put a label on it yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't box um, him in. He needs his freedom. That, that said, I have not went back to um, Jig Jig Street and hooked up with anybody since I've been with Pan Am, so... You know, just okay, put that well, on the record okay. on the podcast. I'm faithful to Pan Am. Semi committed. All right. But I'm, we haven't, you know, tied the knot. Anywho, uh, yeah, I uh, was so excited about this patch because not only just like some quality of life stuff and a bunch of kind of bug fixes, but also there's like three main quests that I've talked about that I can't finish. And they're like little gigs and little small quests, but it frustrates me because I beat everything else on the map. So um, I was excited about that, and I woke up, and you know it, they're in Poland, uh, CD Projekt, and yes. they launched the patch notes at two in the morning here in Pacific time. So at six in the morning, I got like the messages on my phone that like oh, everybody's already doing videos, <laughs> and now <laughs> that I'm like a YouTuber, like for real, like. I'm like, oh shit! I gotta get up and like make a video about the patch. You notes. missed the window, dude. It's already done. If you weren't on top of that, I forget. didn't though. I didn't because the video did pretty well and a bunch of people saw it. So I, I okay. think I right. rode the wave a little bit, um, but I missed the next window because after they put out the patch notes, they literally put up the patch the same day, and I was expecting to have like a whole day of it chilling and talking about the patch notes, but nope. And that's how I missed the boat because then everybody had videos of them already using it, you know, already doing it. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So it just yeah. happened uh, Monday, this past Monday, I think, or Sunday, Monday. Yeah, Monday. And it was like a 40 gigabyte download for PlayStation. So it's so like an entire game. Another game. Yep. And most of it, I'll say this straight up 75% almost, I would say, uh, or maybe even 60 was quest fixes for things in the game where I already, I've already beat all that. So you already got through them and yeah. finished them. So it it's didn't like, benefit you that way. Not really. But I will uh, just quickly go over a few of them here on the on the show uh, that I do like or that are weird. And if you want the full list, just go check out my YouTube channel because I basically am making, I don't know, two or three videos on this whole topic. Um, but in general, uh, the big one was supposed to be they fixed the police. Do you remember that? I do not know anything about what was wrong with the police. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And by the way, you if you wait for the PS5 version... 
Yeah, you're going to wait to the end of the year, probably, if if not longer. Oh, I'm fine waiting, dude. I got so much to play, dude. And honestly, okay. it's kind of weird because I know that you are like super into Cyberpunk still. But like for most of my circle, it's like this game has vanished. Like people stopped talking about it. People forgot about it. Like it just just it just has zero presence right now. So I, I kind of honestly just forgot about it. Zero presence in your uh, neck of the woods and exactly, your crew. Yes, but yes. like it is insanely popular with, I mean, it definitely the huge group of youtubers who are just covering it because a lot of people like me just want to be in the world and it's a fun world to be in the bugs at this point aren't like you're not seeing like bodies floating through the sky and you know everything crashing and and freaking out it's it's pretty stable so and also if you've played like me the full mission the whole story and all these side missions that were really powerful imagine me and you like talking about the witcher 3 and you you had not played it yet right and um, or no, I had not played it. And you were like talking about how much, you know, you you enjoyed going back and playing just in the world and like defeating monsters because you had such a good first experience. So anyways, I was lucky enough to be able to play it on the PS5. Uh, the one of the main things was they were going to try to fix the cops because the cops were very they would just appear out of nowhere when you did something wrong. And, you know, that's just kind of a bad AI type thing where they just show up and like literally through the walls. Right. Like just. It doesn't make any realistic sense. Oh, I know. I didn't realize that was a problem. Okay. That was, yeah, that was how they operated, like, since the game came out. And we all just kind of accepted it, this cyberpunk crew of, that I'm a part of. So now they fixed it, and the fact that, like, if you do a crime, uh, a drone or a cop will be in the distance and come after you, but they'll have to see you, you know, they, they, and they'll come after you. And then if you kill them or you fight the cops, then more cops will show up, but they won't show up, like, right behind you in a magical way but they will just keep coming. So they aren't, they aren't like driving their car up and like getting out of the car like a GTA would or something. It's still like they're just appearing, but they're appearing further away. So it's giving you like this a little bit illusion of like, oh, they must Man. have come from around the corner. You know what it I mean? It seems like a weird, yeah. I mean, it seems like a weird thing to let go. I mean, I'm glad they're fixing it, but like to let it go in that state of where cops like magically like teleport through a wall and grab you or something that seems mm. like kind of a big deal because you're i'm guessing probably going to be chased by the cops quite a bit i would suppose yeah i mean if you do any sort of explosion in the city or fighting gangs i mean just randomly cops will be mad because you've alerted something because you've killed someone accidentally or whatever so yeah, yeah it's it, it, so my whole thing is it's not fixed yet it's like slightly better but it's still weird um and then the other thing that was how for me i was a really big one was this quest um called the bug for Bugbear, her name's Bugbear. You're trying to rescue this girl, and it's still broken. It was like, oh no, yeah. It's like you you can now get in the building where the girl is to rescue. And I was like, oh, I got in the building. They fixed it. And then when I got to the girl, I couldn't interact with her. And I was like, why would you do that to me? They like, it's like a tease. It's a bad were tease. Any any of the quests? I think you said you had two or three quests that were bugged. You couldn't finish. Could you finish any of them? None of the three I can finish. Oh man, seriously. Of of, and by the way, this is what's crazy about it. It was 500, like, fixes, you know? The, the yeah. patch notes was, like, super long, and everyone was laughing at how much stuff is in here. And as I was reading it that morning and, like, making a video, I was so excited. I was like, ooh, look, it says it fixes a ton of quests and bugs. Cool, that's me probably, right? No, all the three ones that I'm trying. Wow. So they fixed 500 bugs, and none of that 500 were the three that were nope. bothering you? No. Nope. Oh, jeez. And that's crazy. Jeez. That's crazy. Uh, the other thing is that they said they fixed the driving a little bit, and that's mainly for people on PC. So I guess that's cool. That's cool. Um, 
And then what was the other stuff? I mean, there's such a huge list. But for me in general, nothing really improved too much, which kind of sucks. Some of the UI quality of life stuff is better. Um, I won't bother you with all the details. It's again, it's it's almost like Fortnite. I think Cyberpunk is becoming for me. You know, it's (laughs) no seriously. Hear me out. It's like this ecosystem, right? And this like community. And I'm proud to be a part of it. And we get frustrated at like icons. You know what I mean? Like the icon of your character is now a new color on the map. That's a big deal. Like, and we're like really happy that that changed because now you can see them better. Um, Stuff like that. Like they did a ton of stuff like that. That is good. But for me going back in, trying to like pretend that I have DLC when there is none. I mean, that's the thing, right? Because like, I'm hearing you, I know you like, you totally did as much of this game as you could. And then you even went like a lot further than that. But it's like, you've done everything and the stuff that's left to do is still bugged. I mean, like, what is there even to do? Like, I'm hearing you talk about it. I'm like, man, like I, I'm trying to imagine myself and I just like, you know, once I finish a game, I'm done. I move on and that's it. I don't look back. So like, what are you even still doing in this game? Well, that's interesting. That's a good question. And it's almost like, um, I've never answered it. And even to myself. (laughs) And so I'm going to answer it right now on the podcast. The first thing I'm doing is you can play and just find random gangs and find random cop stuff that still does show up and spawn. Is this like procedurally generated stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's small and it's boring at this point for me, right? But you can still level up and I'm still leveling certain skills up. um, And I just got like... Aren't you doing like 10,000 points of damage with like one kick of your boot or something? I don't use my boot. I use my blade. Whatever, but you're like a walking death machine, basically. <laughs> I am Every, a nothing death can stand machine. up to you right nothing now. Nothing really hurts me. Yeah. I would okay. I found a military drone that was like the size of a car and I hit it with my knife and it went down. Uh, <laughs> so here's the other answer though, and it's a very interesting answer. Then we can maybe leave this. But right. the other reason I'm playing it is because what I just said about Fortnite, there's not many games, and you know this, that I want to be part of a community of, right? Like, I play a game, a lot of single-player games, and then get out, right? Just let's finish this game. Maybe I'll play some DLC, and you and I will talk about it. Then I'm out. But And I don't play the MMOs, and I don't play uh, Fortnite. But this game is like that because you asked me why I'm still playing it. Partly because I like the world, and I want to go just do some side missions, and I'm waiting for DLC. The second reason is to be part of this community where you – go in and you see what's new and what's changed, it's kind of fun. Like, it's kind of be like, hey, did you notice, look at, there's more graphics on the on the street corners now. Or there's like a whole new system that they just added. And it is it is that kind of like games as a service is, is to me, is what Cyberpunk has turned into. Um, <laughs> Except it's, it's not, though. Like- it's not. But by the way, it will be because they are adding multiplayer. And you know that they're going to – I think they're going to do the GTA. The GTA online. online thing. I'm thing. sure they're probably yeah. shooting for that, yeah. So it's almost like just if you're in now, like a No Man's Sky, right? People left No Man's Sky and sure. they came back. But I think they are building something similar because, again, you're not doing this with your circle of friends. But, like, every day I'm talking to people on Twitter or on YouTube about this game – and we're all in there treating it like that type of experience. Like a lot of us are. So that's the other reason. It, yeah, it's a very interesting reason why I'm I'm still playing it. All right, there we go. Cyberpunk 2077 patch 1.2. I'm sure we will continue to get further updates as they are made available. Yes. Uh, one more official game to talk about. We got some Q&A and some comments here before we wrap up. Uh, okay, so 
uh, I was uh, reading my email. I get, you know, as the editor of GameCritics.com, I get a bazillion emails about new games like every day. Like so many, I just, I can't read them all. You can't watch all the videos. I'm just drowning in PR, right? But I saw one that looked a little bit interesting to me. It was called uh, Operation Tango, coming up soon. It is an asymmetric team game where one person, I assume, is like an operator handler and the other person is like an agent you know in the field like a spy operative or something i'm like okay that looks kind of interesting um and i had not heard of the developer they're called clever plays i'm like oh i wonder um what else they've done maybe i can look them up a little bit because i like to do that you know i like to see the trajectory of people's work i like to see what they've done you know maybe maybe they've done a game that i really liked in the past or maybe they did a game that i thought was really terrible in the past and it can really inform your buying habits or to you know to to help me as editor focus on you know if I get emails for 200 games a day, I can only focus on 10 of those. You know, doing some research can help me narrow that down. Yeah. So I start looking into them. I believe Operation Tango, again, unreleased, coming up soon, is their second game, I believe. And their first game is called Leap of Fate. And I started looking at it, and I'm like, you know what? I remember seeing PR for this game, but I totally did not pay attention to it. It came out, I think, in, I want to say 2015, maybe 2016, so a little while ago. Uh, and I remember thinking the art was really not great and looking at the screenshots and the screenshots were not great. And I'm like, I just, I never tried it. It was one of those things where I had to choose. Is this one of the 10 games I'm going to focus on today? The answer was no. And I forgot it. Never looked back, moved on in my life. Wait, so what's the release date? Was it, it was a while ago? It's like 2015, 2016 Holy for Leap of Fate. Holy crap. Okay. Okay. But is there, you're talking about an update right now or did the actual old game? Getting there. Okay. Getting sorry. There. Sorry. So what happens is I'm, I'm looking them up and I'm like, oh, you know, Leap of Fate. Yeah, I kind of remember that game from back in the day. I thought it looked, you know, not great, but I know it's available. I bet I can get it for like five bucks. Maybe I'll, I'll jump in and see if it's any good. Maybe that will help me decide if I should focus on Operation Tango or not. So I find it on the PS4 slash 5 store. Uh, I think it was like 10 bucks, maybe 12 bucks or something like that. It is a top down twin stick real time action roguelike where you control one of four uh they're not like cyber mages i mean kind of think of like um shadow run or something like that where mm-hmm. like you're a magician but you're also got a lot of tech you know you caught you can hack things but you've also got spells that kind of a, that kind of a vibe right like you're a magician but you've got a cyborg eye or something um and you it's top down twin stick move with the left stick shoot with the right and you uh go through these randomized roguelike levels so i'm like well okay i like i like action i like top down roguelike okay this seems okay jump into it start playing the game and i'm like wow this game is fucking amazing it is like so good i was really surprised because yeah the the promo art sucks um the screenshots do not really do a very good job of of communicating what kind of game it is or really what's good about it but once I started playing, like within like five minutes, I'm like, oh, shit, this is like a really, really, really good game. I really like this a lot. And I've been playing it like a ton, almost for like for the first couple of days, could not put it down. I just was like so addicted to it. Um, so what makes it good? You have four different characters. Each character is wildly different. And I love the way that they each play. Like the first guy is kind of like your generic um, magic user guy. He does like a lot of rapid fire spells um, and he can like dash through things. Uh, the next person is a cyborg. He's got like a robot arm and he shoots like this laser where you can just like keep it on. But like the trick with him is like he overheats. So like it's becomes like a metagame of like 
you know, oh, I can shoot these guys with my lasers really powerful, but if I leave it on too long, I overheat, I lose the power for a couple seconds. That leaves me vulnerable. Really interesting. The next character is a girl who gets out of a, an insane asylum. She's got a sword. She's got little spirits following her. She can reflect bullets back with her sword that nobody else can do. So that gives her like a whole, whole new spin. Mm. Uh, and then the last guy is like this uh, Russian kind of like a Rasputin type character, Russian mystic, where he operates differently. He's got like a totally different um, mechanic, how he gains power. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but let me just let me just say that he operates differently than everybody else in the game. So each character feels very, very different, but they're all interesting. Like each one is really fun to play in a different way. And I think that the developers did a great job of coming up with ideas that really make each one stand out. Like it's not just palette swaps. They feel like each one brings something new to the table. Uh, once you start playing, the game is actually um, set up like kind of a really neat tarot card system where you're looking at a table, you deal out some tarot cards and you choose which card you want. That card becomes the level that you go into. Uh, through a really neat visual effect and you just kind of select like you just look at the board and you're like well i feel like doing this level and it'll be like oh this is two-star combat or this is like here's treasure over here or here's an upgrade over here and you kind of just kind of decide where you want to go and so depending on you know do i have a lot of life do i feel like i can do combat right now maybe i should go get some treasure instead or maybe i need to go look for like a power-up instead you know you kind of like have some self-determination and once you get through some of these levels you can go back to them too so for example if you leave some treasure behind or like maybe you were full life at the time but then you take some hits later on you can go back and pick up some of the health drops that were in a previous level so it kind of is very flexible lets you really take advantage of the system and there's also this like double tiered system where as you're going on a run you have temporary skill tree where like as you're going you get some powers get some money level yourself up but if you die you lose all those skills but there's also a secondary skill tree which is permanent so like it'll give you like these permanent skills over time so you may have, uh, you know, got a really cool weapon or maybe like a really cool ability on one run. You lost it. That kind of sucks. But at the same time, you're building towards the permanent skill tree, which all, which overall makes your character that much better. So even if you've like lost your good stuff a couple times in a row, you still end up with a character who's stronger, more capable and lets you get that much further in the game. Mm. So I think overall, um, I mean, there's a million little systems in it that are all really smart. Like I think the upgrade system, again, not going to get into super detail, but the upgrade system is really great. Um, I think the characters all feel really good. The action is really frenetic and fast-paced. And the best part about it, one of the best parts, and something that I think a lot of roguelikes miss the boat on, is that you can complete an entire run, like from start to finish, like half an hour, maybe 45 minutes yeah, if you yeah, take yeah. your time. Like really quick, right? Like I, I get tired of roguelikes where it's like two, three, four, five hours. So I'm like, dude, that is way too much, especially if you die. Like all that time, all that progress, forget about it, especially if you don't have a robust progression system. But this one, jump in do a couple levels earn some upgrades you know make your character a little bit stronger 10 minutes 15 minutes you want to go all the way half an hour that's like super bite size that's a really manageable size and i just love that all of these different elements come together i really wish that they had spent more money on the art because i think the art yeah the promo art really does no no service to how really good this game is the in the in-game art is okay it could be better it's a little bit low poly um, but that's not really, you know, that's not really the good part of the game. Um, I really quickly forgot about the graphics because playing it is so fucking fun. Uh, but I wish they had poured some more into the art. And I really wish that they had done, I, and not them, I mean, I don't mean to say it's their fault or anything, but I remember getting PR about this game. In fact, I could even go back in my Google Mail and, like, pull up that PR from back in the day. And, like, nothing about that PR really makes it sing. Like, I'm like, man, if I had played this game back in the day in 2015, 2016, whatever, I would have been, like shoving this in everybody's face being like everybody play this this game is the fucking shit dude but like it looked generic 
it didn't sell itself. PR didn't do a great job selling it. And it's like, it was just a freak that I saw these guys now, six, seven years later, and was curious enough to want to go back and see what they did in the past. I mean, not everybody's going to do that. And it would be a shame that Leap of Fate with this game that is just buried and lost in the sands of time because it's fucking brilliant. It is right. a great ass game. So I played this game. And now I know that now you? I know this. Game. Okay. Yeah, I did. And because I, I remember that card system where you throw out the cards and they become different things or different levels. Right. Yeah. 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 Like the cards are the levels. Right. Yeah. Um, it's similar to like um, Hand of Fate, but Hand it's not fate. exactly. Yeah. The yeah. Same I know thing. it's different. Yeah. I played both of these. Um, I definitely played this. I liked it. And I'm, I'm not a roguelike person, as you know. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, because it was so short, I did like it. I remember liking it for that main reason. I was like, oh, I can get through something like this you know what i mean not the the five to six hour one you you uh, explained i just won't get through no that's like too long ever, for a run it's way know? too long yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing is i remember the graphics being not good like me being like frustrated that they weren't better yeah, um and that yeah. does you know like you said we just talked about on this show like it does you're gonna spend some time with the game then the graphics sh- should you know resonate with you but this is such a short period of time you can probably look past it because the the gameplay is so fun yeah, and the camera is scaled out pretty far, like it's a top down. So you're not you're not really noticing that the characters are pretty low poly. I mean, you kind of see it in cutscenes. You're like, man, eh, that doesn't look great. But you know, you're from a top down view most of the time, so it's not really really bothersome. But man, I wish they would go back to this game, like just top to bottom, like redo the art. This would kill right now because everybody is so in love with roguelikes. And I mean, I really want to stress. I mean, you know, I play all the roguelikes. I'm like Mr. Fucking Roguelike, all dude. All the roguelikes. This is like absolutely one of the best ones i've played in quite some time i I would strongly recommend anybody listening to this podcast if you like the roguelikes that i like if you like rolex at all go back and find leap of fate it's going to be like 10 15 bucks at the most probably more like 10 bucks maybe catch on sale one million percent worth your time so many smart decisions so many cool little tweaks to it it feels great to play I mean, I love basically everything about it. I really wish that the developer would like go back and like remaster it that would be fucking amazing but even if they don't worth every penny i've had a great time with this game i gave it like a 100 percent recommendation that's so funny this game and this game review is kind of like a tangent review because the first game you're talking about was the new game right and that's not operation out yet. tango not even out yet yes. yeah <laughs> so it's like hey here's a game that they're gonna make but let's talk about their first game which by the way we should do a whole episode of that like let's go back to the like developers first games or something that'd be fun bubsy 3d oh maybe not that one Maybe not that one. Uh, so that's cool. I, I'll I'll recheck it out. But I remember playing it, and I think I did actually beat it because it was so short. And I was like, "Oh, this is fun. Like, I, maybe I do like roguelikes." And then flash forward to the future. No, I don't like them. Yeah, man, it is such a great roguelike. So many smart decisions. I love every bit about this thing. I think it's just a fantastic game. I really strongly, strongly recommend. If you like roguelikes. If you have not played this one, add it to your library. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. It is such a great game. Groovy. That is the last title we are going to be officially talking about, but we do have a little bit of commentary slash Q and A. Um, we got a comment on our SoundCloud a little while ago. Full disclosure, I don't check the SoundCloud very often. Anybody listening, we love all your comments. Very grateful for all your comments. Um, I, do, I, but I feel bad that I don't check the SoundCloud. You told me it was there, and I'm like, oh shit, I had no idea. Uh, I think Twitter is probably the best way to get us, but I am still appreciative because we got a comment from the baddest super fan, the man who's got blood on his hands, the guy who leaves a trail of sobbing widows in his wake. It's the Killmaster. Greg Killmaster. Hey, 
Thank you for leaving that comment. Here's what he said. He said, I love hearing you all improv this show. You do it so well. Helpful to me because I stopped about five hours, assuming he's talking about Days Gone, wondering if it was going anywhere. So now I'm going to give it another shot. Thanks for talking about the moral issues without preaching. Common, decent morality does matter. Agreed. Yes. I appreciate how you're able to bring this into the conversation and thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Killmaster. Thank because you. we're yes, thank you for being a super fan. Thank you for listening. And if it gets you to go back to Days Gone, then I think that is a show that has achieved its purpose. Wouldn't you agree, Carlos? Yeah, and also I, I think um I've heard this comment before in different tweets or DMs or whatever, but I, I do like the fact that we can float in and out of real world stuff. And I don't mean like what we had for dinner, although we might talk about that. But like, you know, how we feel about how people should be to each other, you know, and and like men and women issues and, uh, you know, gender stuff and, and race stuff like and, and politics. I mean, they, they jump in and out of our discussion about games because games are just like movies or music. It's entertainment, but it's also discourse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to give us a pat on the back as well uh, alongside Killmaster and say, I think it's fun how we do it. And again, we aren't preachy. We're just saying how we feel. And then we kind of try to try to swirl it into the conversation naturally, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of issues that you could bring up if you really think about games more than just simple keeping your hands busy, you know, mindless entertainment. If you really pick apart uh, what a game is, because, you know, people make games. People have to create these things and everybody has their own thoughts, their own opinions, their own politics. You know, people that are making these games are not just like these blank slates. They're not just like plain, you know, nothing. They're not super neutral. So you got to like look at these things. And I think a lot of them can bring up issues, can bring up discussion points. I mean, especially something like Days Gone. Certainly there's so many things you can talk about in that game. Uh, but I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to do it. I enjoy doing that. I know you do too. And I'm really glad that uh, the Killmaster got some value out of it. Thank you, Killmaster. And also, um, we are doing this live podcast. We'll be doing these uh, monthly, hopefully, if not more. And uh, Tim Van Eingen, Ingen? I think it's Ingen. Ingen? I'm going to say Ingen. Uh, just uh, messaged us in the chat and said uh, he was uh, playing uh, Days Gone. And he said, although I do appreciate the characters and story a lot more than in the beginning, because he's near the end of it now, uh, it's still not a fun game to play, he said. Sad face. Oh, man. I would like to hear more about that, Tim. What is it about it that you don't like? Shoot us a message if you are still listening. Yeah. Oh, it's Soul Broad from Twitter. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We knew that. We knew that. We knew that. We know you. Um, in the meantime, last uh, question. We just got this right before the show. Comes from Tom H., also known as Chris383 on Twitter. He says, completely ignorant questions from a busy father with no free time. I work nights. I only get three hours of sleep on weeknights, and I have a vast interest in Monster Hunter. Been interested for years, but I've never played a single entry. Should I get Rise... Is it worth the effort? Ooh, and we've uh, not talked about it on the show yet. We have not. I haven't answered. You're not going to get into this, Carlos, are you? Well, you know, remember, I liked the weird console version you didn't like. You liked Monster Hunter World, which was like, which was okay. Not my favorite by any means. I will but you don't agree. like weapon sharpening. You do yeah, not like weapon sharpening. I don't. Here's, here's my answer. Uh, Tom, I would say that if you have been interested in Monster Hunter for many years but have never tried one, I will, I will clearly say that Rise is the one to try. I think this is the best place for you to get into it. Now, it's the hunting genre, which Capcom invented. It's got its own, you know, little quirks and ins and outs, and that's not exactly like any other game out there. Uh, would be happy to answer your questions. If you've got some, please send them in to me. 
But if you are interested in this, if you've got a general idea of what it's about, if you want to give it a shot, this is absolutely the best one, and I'll tell you why. Uh, we are going to talk about this maybe on the next episode. I'm, I'm about maybe 15, 20 hours into Monster Hunter Rise right now, and I love it. I think it's probably the best in the series. Um, but I think the reason it's good is because there's tons of quality of life changes that have never been in the series before. Uh, so many rough edges have been sanded down, so many shortcuts that have been added for the better. Um, it's There's so many time-saving things. There's so many different uh, choices that Capcom has made to really make it more playable, to reduce the cruft, to reduce the bloat, to reduce things that just don't add to the fun. So I think they've really taken a sharp scalpel and cut away a lot of the stuff that just didn't really have a place in the series anymore. Uh, longtime fans like myself might have been really surprised to see some of the elements removed. And, you know, there was definitely a few things that kind of made me raise my eyebrow. But once I really was honest about it, I wasn't sad to see any of those things gone. It was just I thought they should be there because they've always been there, but they don't really add any value. So I think this is the leanest, meanest Monster Hunter so far. There's tons of content. I think that if you want to get into the single player aspect, if you're a busy dad with no free time, definitely do the single player stuff. Pretty good difficulty curve. I have uh, been making really good steady progress. Uh, so that's pretty good. And also, um, if you've got kids or if you're really busy, you got to put your console down. If you are playing in the middle of a quest, uh, this is one that you can easily pause. Just put your Switch in a sleep mode. It pauses the game. Nothing happens. You can come back to it whenever you need to. makes it very easy to pick up. And on top of that, the quests are pretty reasonable. Um, you know, some people, uh, when they start playing Monster Hunter, they feel like the quests are really long. And I will just I will just say really quickly, if a quest is really long, then you need to up your equipment. Like you're, you're playing with equipment that's too weak. Mm -hmm. The ideal quest is maybe 10, 15 minutes max, right? So if it's taking you longer than that, you probably need to upgrade your stuff. But in general, these are bite-sized quests. You can get a lot done in a short period of time, which is great if you don't have a lot of spare time. You can pause at any time. Good. Take tons of content. I mean, I think this is the one to get into. You may not like it. Like, Monster Hunter's not for everybody, right? So check it out. But if there is one you're going to like, I guarantee you it's going to be this one. So hopefully I have answered your question. All right. Well, he should check it out. But also, we will talk about it on the show very soon, I'm guessing. Uh, Probably next episode. I'm okay. And I just one question for you about it. Are you playing it on the TV or just on your Switch? I am doing both, but in general, I am playing it on the TV because uh, I like to use the Pro Controller. I mean, you can use the Pro uh, Controller when it's in handheld mode as well, but I think the Pro Controller is much easier on my hands, and it's a pretty intense play session every time, so I like the more the more comfortable grip on the Pro. Yeah. But I have played handheld. I think it's great either way. Works just fine either way. That's what I was saying. Even if I do try to go into it, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But if you I should do, not get into it. Don't do it. Don't I do it. No, but anyways, I probably won't. But if I did, I would I would want to wait till I had an um a Switch Pro or something cuz right now I have the handheld only. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I don't think I'd want to do that much action on my handheld for It's kind of rough on your hands, yeah. It's yeah. it's kind of rough on your hands for sure. So Check it out. Tom, hopefully I've answered your question. Like I said, I probably will talk about it next episode. If you have any more questions, please hit me up. Always happy to talk about Monster Hunter, lifelong Mon Hun fan here. And I think that's going to do it for the show. Carlos, any last little bits? Uh, I have a quick eye on games field. Oh, shit. We haven't done that for a long time. It's just because I these are two, uh, to me, kind of bigger games that I've been waiting for. Uh, and you wouldn't think the first one would be because it's such an indie. But I saw Black Clouds is out, and I've been very excited about this because I think it's the same people who did the game that we like that I never do our homework, and what's it called? Uh, you can Night look it up. Shift? 
No, no, no. The, the the one with the lab, right? Wasn't the same people who did the one with the lab? I think. This. Oh, so what what I'm talking about is an interactive fiction game. FMV game. FMV interactive game. And we played one, which I can't think of the name of it right now. Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed that we can't remember because I, I thought it was great. It's the, like it's a lab or something. It's called like it's not, oh man. Okay, wait, wait. I'm <laughs> now I'm just gonna quick. make us think of the lab. It's called the lab. You know the game, the lab. It it's starts with a D, that. I think. It's not called that. It's Anyways, called... Um, that game, I think it's the same developers, and it's called the I complex. The, the complex. complex, right? So, can you see if they make this? I think they do. And if so, I just had such a good time with an interactive game. I think we both did. And I saw Black Clouds is supposed to be even like weirder and an interactive FMV game. I know the same publisher. I'm I'm Googling fiercely, but I can't find out without making a whole lot of keyboard noise. Uh, But it is the same publisher. I know that Wales Interactive are the leaders in revitalizing FMV right now. They've had a lot of really strong picks. I really Mm. like a lot of their games. They've really turned my opinion of FMV around. So I'm definitely... Uh, I think, I mean, uh, I, I'm about to pull the trigger on this, so maybe we can talk about it next episode. You should. It's guessing. like $11 or something. Is it 11? Okay, that's pretty cheap. I'll pull the trigger. Though. Yeah. I mean, it, next the, episode, the amount of next work episode. they put into it, it's like a movie, like a, a Netflix series or something, and they just kind of made it this interactive thing. I, I have faith it's going to be good. Uh, we'll talk about it maybe in the next episode. I'm going to try it this weekend. I'm, I'm writing down the script. We will talk about okay, it next good, episode. Okay, good, good, good. And the other one is that I will also talk about next weekend because I've already started is Disco Elysium finally. Oh, I got I to gotta, I gotta get into that. That's the game that everybody in the whole world was telling me I need to play. I have a hot take already, but I can't say it. I'll oh, my lips. snap. Okay. Let's just put it this way. If I have a hot take, what does that usually mean? I mean, I want to say it's bad. Yeah, make it maybe, uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, before I don't know. we go, Agent Snickers, great name by the way, in chat says, "You sound like a smoker. Don't don't try Monster Hunter. It'll mess your <laughs> life up, kid." Nice, nice. Yeah. See, I, by the way, in in streaming, because you know, I used to do it back in the day. I, I some might have said I started streaming, but we won't get into that story for the now. The man who started streaming. I, you know, so maybe. honored to be with you right here. Too. Uh, but anyways. Um, I haven't done it for a while. And what happens is you have to be streaming for a long time. And then people finally show up right when you're about to stop the show. Yeah, for sure. Although I guess we need to start doing like five hour episodes or something. We let everybody show up the last five minutes. Well, maybe not that. Also, before I go, one more other idea. And this is a good idea. I'm just going to put it down in the podcast, which means it's real. Is I think we should do when we do the next live podcast, we'll do like chat with the audience Q&A at the top of the show. You know what I mean? Sure. Get everybody involved. If we can get people to show up, I say let's do it. Yeah, we will. Well, we, this, we just sprung it on them in two seconds, so so we'll do it next time. All right. Well, I definitely am down for Disco Elysium. I feel like I'm probably going to buy that once I get off the show with you, and maybe we should talk about the next episode. Let's definitely talk about She Saw Black Clouds, and I will probably talk about Monster Hunter Rise. We're giving everybody a little sneak peek in the next yeah. week's episode. I am Gamesfield. Do-do-do-do-do. All right, folks, that is it for the show. Thank you very much to everybody who joined us here on the live stream, digitally downloaded, Zolbrod, Agent Snickers, everybody else. Thank you so much for being here. Really, really super appreciate it. This was fun. And again, if you're in a different part of the world, let us know. Maybe we'll do a different time zone, make that work out for you. But for now, uh, usual spiel. Send us your questions and comments. SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. But... You can hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing people towards you this week? Uh, YouTube.com slash a lot of things. I have a lot of cyberpunk videos. If you want to be part of the community, or if you already are, come on over. There you go. As for me, same as usual, Twitter and Instagram. 
my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's, and that is going to do it for episode 226. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us live, and also, if you're listening later, for joining us at all here on the Sofa Games podcast, <laughs> and we'll see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And this is Be Cool, Daddy-O. Um, Carlos, and I'm saying later. You didn't know where you were going with that. Not at all, and I just like that I did. Yikes. Okay, we out. We out. <laughs>